Well, hello and welcome in again to the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harland. I am your co-host, Brian Brown. Mike, I call this the worship podcast sensation that's sweeping the nation. I feel it. I feel the sweep. We are high atop high. the Lifeway Tower in the historic and majestic B.B. McKinney Studios. Ninth floor. And it's always thrilling to be here. Check local listings, but a gorgeous day. Beautiful in fall Nash- day. Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, yes. USA. Home of the Nashville Predators. Mike, as the... the our listeners are listening to this podcast. We're also moving into Christmas season. We're getting close. Might be soon hearing some songs it's on the radio. It's beginning to look a lot. I won't sing anymore or Thank we'll have you. to license well, it. Well, we don't want to lose any. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> have to pay royalties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike, we're not here to talk about we're not here to talk the Christmas about ourselves. season or no. ourselves or no. to hear any of us sing. We've got a special guest in, in the studio today, and I can't wait for you to introduce this I'm guest. I'm going to, but now uh, it's interesting. You yeah. said we're not here to talk about Christmas. Well, we might be. Yeah. The first thing that I was talking about with this guy a little bit ago is mm-hmm. this guy... And yes, the organization that he's working with right. is helping us this year with our Lifeway Christmas chapels. We oh. were here talking about that. Well, there you go. And we just finished that meeting to record the podcast. So so the person we have today, he's a songwriter. Mm-hmm. He's a producer. Right. He's been part of a church staff. He's the son of missionaries. Wow. He, he, um, most people will know his songs. Sure. Yeah. I happen to be a fan of his voice. Because I've okay. heard demos that he makes, but he's laughing right. even if I say it. Right. I think he's a very artistic demo maker. Anyway, this is the unparalleled drum roll, please. Don Cook. Don Cook. Welcome. Don, Don. Cook is Welcome in the in. house. Yes. We're clapping. People clapping, are going, Thank you. All right, so Don. <sighs> people Don, are Googling his name right now, looking up yeah, his songs. Yeah. But enough about guy? Don. Let's talk about yes. his songs. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, Don, seriously, all seriousness, I want to give people full context of who you are. You've been in Christian music a long time. I'm a relic. You're not a relic. (laughs) (laughs) He's laughing at himself. Yes. But gosh, Don, I mean, way back in the day, way back in the day, you were writing and producing with For Him, with Phillips Craig and Dean. Oh, I mean, the good days. Then the good good days. days. You've. There's very few records that have come through the Christian music industry that you didn't at least have some kind of connection. Mm-hmm. There was a time in there yeah. where you were just kind of showing up on everybody's record. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, can I just... Well, he's been a guest on our podcast before. Uh, he was okay. one of our guests when we yeah. had Worship Life this past year. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, I've done this before with Don, but when you start calling out the names of these yeah. songs, like Crucify with Christ and mm-hmm. Adonai and Strange mm-hmm. Way to Save the World and Will You Be the One and... Yeah. Did you write He Touched Me Too? And you no. just I rewrote it. <laughs> he there also some problems it. with it originally. Yeah, sure. I fixed it. Thanks for clearing I, that. I fixed it. Um, you know. So we're not here yeah. to talk about your songs today. Yeah. We are here to talk about all the things that are happening with Don Cook. And mm. and we were. We were talking a minute ago as I was introducing him. Um, the Lifeway Christmas chapels. Yeah. I, I, our people should know. We have chapel here at Lifeway quite yeah. often. Yeah. And be every, excited to hear that. <laughs> we would like to know that. And, yeah. and Chapel's always awesome here. Yeah. Ben Mandrell, our new president, has really uh, brought, brought a whole new thing about Chapel with us. And it's yep. just, just really been special. But we do a Christmas thing every year that's always special. And yeah. frequently we have special guests. Point of Grace did Chapel with us. They did. Um, most recently they were one of our feature artists. And Charles Billingsley and Travis Cottrell and all these people have done True. Christmas Chapel Steve for us. Green. This year we don't have Chapel. We have a guest record label. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny because we, 
We don't really have a single artist that's coming. We have a record label that's coming and bringing a myriad of artists that are going to be featured in our Christmas chapels this year. They're ministry partners of our ours. They're a brand new record label mm. that have so many wonderful things already happening. Red Street Records Red Street. and Don. Mm-hmm. Now, in this season of your life, you are the, what's the title? Creative director? Uh, I'm manager. technically the GM. The, G, I do, the I really general do, manager. I really don't I'm like that. I don't like that. Of Red Street Records. Yeah. I'm the other guy, not Jay DeMarcus. Okay, yeah. So Jay DeMarcus. <laughs> the guy that wasn't in Rascal Flatts. Exactly. I'm the guy who was not in Rascal Flatts. <laughs> he's, yeah. the, he's the rascal that's not he's in Flatts. That's yes. what it is. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Exactly. So Jay so. DeMarcus, uh, God put it in his heart from his yeah. Rascal Flatts success and all the commercial success he's as an artist. His roots is Christian music, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, I mean, we started back in... Uh, we created I created a group called East to West, mm-hmm. and, uh, based on music from Jay that he sent me from when he was at Lee Lee College, wow. and uh, he was just really trying to be a songwriter at that point. He sent me this back in the day of cassettes, sent me a cassette, mm-hmm. and I listened to it. I thought, it was, man, this is really good. And I called him, and I called him on the dorm phone. So he's in the dorm. <laughs> so they had to go up, get him. They had to go get <laughs> I remember those days. And yeah. so he picked up the phone, and then I said, man, I dig it. I think it's really great. How did he get your name and address and all uh, that? I, I'm not really sure. I'm not mm. really sure how that happened. Uh, I probably should have checked. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but I, I said, man, who is singing this? Yeah. Are you singing this? He said, oh, no, no, that's my roommate. And, and I said, well, man, the band is great. I mean, your band is great. He said, well, it's not a band. It's a, I was just sending you some songs. It's like, yeah. what, do you want to be a band? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. so come to Nashville. So we came to Nashville, and, man, it just... I had a record deal in no time. I mean, it was yeah. just it was just meant to be, and that started as a group called East to West. Yeah, and so uh, that journey continued on for a number of years, and just really ended with the formation of Flats. You know, yeah. that was the kind of the pathway. And Rascal that. Flats that turned out okay for <laughs> yeah, that turned out yeah. all right. So, um, and you know, again, I've asked Jay a lot of times when you were in East to West, did you ever imagine that God had a platform waiting for you that would look like Rascal Flats at unarguably at times at certain times sure. one of the greatest groups in country music sure yeah. Uh, yeah. sure no doubt no one thinks that God's going to do that no. when you're on when you've got a record deal and you're doing this and God when you're you, on the dorm phone at, when you're yeah. in college you know you're think, not thinking Rascal Flats well, you at think, that point you think God's going to pour into East to West and mm-hmm. he did but it's a weird thing to go, hey, you know what? I'm, this ministry I'm letting you do right now, bro, that's nothing. What mm-hmm. I got for you, just watch and see. Yeah. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a difficult walk, but watch what I do. Mm. That was the lesson of all of that journey. Yeah. It was like spectacular. So at this part of Jay's career, he's still got this thing that he had way back in the dorm room at Lee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which was, man, I want to tell the story of Jesus, and I want to do it powerfully in song. That's right. And, and of course, uh, Rascal Flats has done that with some wonderful recordings they've sure. done. But you that's not the focal point of their yeah. work. It's more of a commercial Correct. Um, industry uh, enterprise for Rascal Flats. Yeah. But Jay has this mission thing in his heart and so when it when the time was right he picks up his old his yeah. phone and calls well, his old friend don cook right well what would happen is he would call me after he's out on the road at like one in the morning you know he's you know he's done a concert and he's just he's still wide awake and whatever yeah, sure and he would call me and wake me up and it's like bro 
God's got something for us to do here. Yeah, yeah. We got to do it, man. We got to do it. And just nonstop. And that went on for quite a long time. Yeah. I'm out in, you know, I'm in, I'm part of it. I'm in Nashville. And then, then I left and went to Houston for a while. He's like, man, we got to do something. God's, mm-hmm. God's, God's got something for us to do together. And so he started putting those pieces together. And I was a little apprehensive, you know, because um, bottom line, the record industry has changed so much. Yeah. It's like, oh, really? So the, the reality is, is I began to realize that this was not opportunity and money followed by passion. This was mm-hmm. passion followed by opportunity and money. Wow. If there was ever a framework to start a record label, that's it. You know what? What a powerful lesson, Brian, yeah. for our audience to realize that, you know, the and I tell the students where I, wherever I'm teaching, and usually at Liberty University, I'll tell them that, that you, your passion and your drive will be found in the now Yep. Uh, so often young people will look at, at the someday when it's there and then I'll be doing that. Right. right. And, and, you know, if I, if I was there, I would be that. And it does not work that way. You are that before you're ever there. Yeah. And, that's and that's good. what you're talking about. Our passion really right. is uh, there and it drives right. us to those other places. It doesn't. If we don't f- discover it when we get there, we, d- we it's what drives us and takes yeah. us there. Some people yeah. call that a calling. You know, I'm sure. using those names, those words interchangeably there. And if you've ever been to a Flats concert, they do witness. Yes. And, and they have been yeah. very specific about that. And they have managed their career in a way to do that. They can only do it to a certain extent. Sure. So Jay's Red Street exists because that's not enough. Yeah. What Rascal Flats is awesome what they're doing, yeah. but that wasn't enough for Jay. Yeah. Jay had a yeah. calling and just said, I I need to give back to the very industry that helped me get started. Mm-hmm. And I want to make, I see some awesome things, some not so awesome things, some struggles. I want to use the position God has given me to step into that and yeah. make changes and, and if I can. So, so Red Street Records is, yeah. has been born. Mike, it occurs to me, we've we got to take a quick break right here, but we've we've walked into the subject that I know you wanted to talk to Don about, Red Street Records in particular, but the Christian music kind of world in general. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to, yeah. to hear you and Don talk about the current state of the Christian music industry, how Red Street fits into that, and, and just kind of for our listeners, what's going on in Christian music today? Where is it headed? I think they'd like to hear that. So we're going to take a quick quick break and when we come back we'll talk about that with Don Cook. Hey, we wanted to remind you that Lifeway is your one-stop shop for all church supplies. Broadman Church Supplies has everything from offering envelopes to different kinds of bulletins that you might need for special seasons of the year. They have all the communion resources you could need, including the pre-filled cups that have the wafer and the juice in one unit, which are great when you are doing your communion or Lord's Supper services off-site or if you just have a large congregation. It's a great way to serve communion effectively. If you haven't tried the pre-filled cups, we highly recommend you check them out. They also have the silver, the gold, and the platinum serving sets if you have a more formal setting. You can find every resource for your church, from forms to offering envelopes to usher badges. You can find them online at www.lifeway.com church supplies. Broadman Church Supplies, because your ministry matters. 
All right, we're back on the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harlan. We've got our special guest, Don Cook, industry legend, one of the most legendary songwriters in our industry and producers, now working with Red Street Records. And guys, you were delving into the larger discussion about the Christian music industry as a whole, where it is right now and where it's headed. So, Mike, I'd love for you guys yeah, to Yeah, we'll just pick it up, up right there. I mean, Don, Don, we were talking about Red Street being Jay DeMarcus, his dream, and there are artists coming along. That first anchor group y'all signed wasn't too yeah, bad. not so bad. Uh, group That's called right. Avalon, which yes. is an amazing yes. group, and, and yeah. you might think, oh, I used to love Avalon. Well, you yeah. can love them again, because yes. uh, they're back, yeah, and they are. some of the very they're same strong. voices, and yeah. the iconic voices, and yeah. a new voice is part of it. Talk a little bit about yeah. the new uh, Avalon. The, yeah, the new Avalon is kind of the old Avalon, and yeah. depending, there's been a couple versions of that, but one of the ones that people remember the most is having Jody McBrayer in the group. Mm-hmm. So we brought Jody back. And so Jana and Jody and Greg along, and there's a new uh, singer in there named Danny, and what a what a wonderful singer she is, great yeah. communicator, and just it, it, you know, really how this happened was that uh, obviously I've worked with Greg a lot, I've produced his records, mm-hmm. and so we are good friends, and and you know I kept realizing that the voice of Avalon, the 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 mission of Avalon was not over. Nobody kind of said, you know. We're kind of tired of this Avalon mm-hmm. thing. Nobody said no. that. No, every it just kind of stopped. You know, well, life changed. Life changed. Stage, stages know? of life Correct. and and the members of the group it, were it paused. This probably yeah, it just paused. And, and Greg and Jana, they were at the Woodlands and mm-hmm. the, the worship leaders there, and so there was a whole new kind of well to draw from in yeah. what wh- who Avalon is. These people have gone on, grown, have families, all those things. And so the story of Avalon has not gotten weaker. It's gotten stronger. Yeah. And I, all it took was just kind of understanding or seeing that sense that, hey, I, I, I'd like to be a part of this. It wasn't mm-hmm. so, hey, you guys come be a part of what Red Street is doing. I, my conversations with Jay are, how can we be a part of helping Avalon, take the next step forward. What is the logical step? And are we the right ones to help them? So it seemed right. And so we we walked out forward. And and I just, I love the new music. I love the record. And I'm excited. You know, first of all, I think that Avalon is honestly still so current right now. We made Mm. a record that is current. We we did not, this is not a... uh, a legacy record like we're celebrating the past mm-hmm. no it's it sounds it sounds now it sounds like now yep. and the crazy thing about it is there is in radio there's an interesting absence of vocal harmonic parts uh, yeah. really radio. true and if you really get people to be honest they miss it yeah program directors miss it public misses it and so that's i you know that's my roots i grew up with singing parts for him you mm-hmm. know Philip Scargandine I have a big group dynamic in my life and yeah. so it just made sense because I, I also had never been able to produce uh, Avalon hmm. I always wrote songs you just wrote but, songs for him right and, and, and so that was a joy to get you know behind get them behind the mic and work with them and just I truly think they're some of the greatest singers Christian music has ever seen. And it's like... Well, I mean, and this kind of goes into the subject that I was really wanting to chase with with Don. Um, 
you, you've already talked about the Longs and their worship yeah, leaders. Yeah. Um, Jody's story of how his life has just gotten deeper and deeper Correct. as he's walked through experiences. And when I hear Jody share now in a concert setting, yep. man, he, he's got so much more. He's always had that instrument. Correct. But he's got a whole lot of life that's been lived and right. a, a whole different perspective about the, 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 the job or the work of singing for the Lord. And then a young worship leader uh, like Danny that's come and yeah, joined the group. Yeah, so the key common phrase of everything I just said is they're all worship leaders. That's correct. Right. That's correct. Um, and yeah. so these are all church people and worship leaders. And that brings something to a, brings me to this question, Don, as a writer, somebody that's been producing artists and writing for artists. And those lines between what is happening in churches and what is happening in a record industry, right. as those two worlds have kind of moved into one bigger world where they mm -hmm. kind of interplay mm -hmm. with each other, what is the? how does the Christian music industry and the church music reality of many of our churches, how do they, how do they help each other and feed each other? What's well, been the outcome of that? Yeah, I think honestly the – we have seen in the couple, the last number of years, a course correction, so to speak. What's happening with what happens with movements is when a, when a movement takes place, everybody runs to that side of the street and says, yeah, that's, that's, right. "That's what we should be doing." Okay, and they literally forget the part of the street that they were on. And they, at times, call that part of the street invalid. Yeah. This is the real one because the move of God is over here. Yeah, not thinking that they there's an the move of God was still over in this other area. Yeah. And when you when you attach when it when a movement happens, like the worship music movement, which I love, I think it's wonderful. Many years ago, music swung so hard that direction yeah. that it literally almost killed the storyteller yeah. of the songwriter. Yes. Because we're gonna true. we're gonna use words to talk to our God and you're gonna tell me wonderful things about my God and that's so fantastic. I'm gonna be able to worship my God. But I literally have forgotten who you are. Yeah. I don't know your story. You're not telling me your story anymore because you're telling me about God. And that's great. But I want you we to both. tell me about your story and how God helped your story. Yeah. So uh, Red Street was kind of coming together going, the stories of our lives together hmm. on this side of heaven, that's valid. That's yeah. as valid as the worship music movement. And I think you've seen a course correction where people are wanting a balance again. They're, they love worshiping God, but they also want to know a little bit about the person who's sitting in front of them singing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the way Jesus taught us about God right. using the parables. He right. used those real stories of Correct. real everyday right. life to teach us true well, we things can relate about God. To them. Yeah. We can relate to them. And, I, and you know what? I think Paul did the same thing in the Pauline writing when he began to tell his story. Correct. And his story is woven through there. If you want to see a story of, of believers... Uh, read the last uh, 12 chapters of the book of Acts and see these great stories and grand narratives of a, of a faithful God who shakes the jail cell open when, uh, when Paul and Silas are singing at midnight. And that story that comes out of that. I think mm -hmm. about Luke 24 and the mm -hmm. disciples on the way to Emmaus, the stories oh, yeah. of all of that that was happening. So the way I like to talk about what you were just saying, Don, is... As much as I love the worship songs that we sing, I've got a little bit of a beef to pick <laughs> with with the commonality. They, there is a sameness that has overtaken many yeah. of our worship songs yeah. to the degree that they become indistinguishable from each other. Right. 
And I don't mean that just content-wise. Yeah. I mean it musically. Right. Um, and right. we, I, I'm telling you, 50 years from now, we won't remember any of them. And I'm, and I probably maybe I should say five years from now we won't remember yeah. many of them because they're all saying and sounding the same. Yeah, the challenge is whenever you take great gifted artistry and you say now I want you to put that through a filter that a common man isn't going to listen to but is going to sing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that person is not exceptionally gifted. You now have a compromise. Yeah, and it the realities are. I'm more concerned about the freedom of our art. Years ago, Stephen Curtis wrote a song called "Dancing with the Dynasty." I remember that he would never yeah. have written that, in my opinion, in the current state of yeah. Christian music. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't a freedom in that. Yeah, uh, "Watercolor Ponies," Wayne yeah. Watson, no doubt, "Warriors a Child." I could right. go on and on about these massive yeah. songs that are stories that that have literally taken me to places at times that no worship song could ever take me. Yeah, God yeah. was all in that too. Yeah, and I got a glimpse of that person. It's like Wayne Watson. I think I know you. I think yeah. I know you a little bit sure. because yeah. you just told me something that impacted your heart. And the realities are sometimes what happens is is when those stories are so genericized, you begin to think that you don't see a piece of the artist. Even when the piece of there, there is a piece of that artist yeah, in that, oh, yeah. you don't see it because the vernacular is so similar to the last five songs or ten songs. Right. Well, and then the, and what you what I found too is the worship artist all and I uh, found like we we don't really intend to be critiquing that because sure. God has used it absolutely. Sure. But but I have found that many of the great worship songs are covered by many of the artists. The, some artists sing the same songs each other are singing. Right. The reason is because they are generic enough that anyone can sing them and they all own them as if they're their own. I was thinking of an analogy, and I don't even know if this is fair. We may have to edit this out after I say it because it may be so silly sounding. But what we are experiencing in music, and the way you just said it, Don, is what helped me think of this. We have written, we're writing these songs to be accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. Think about other expressions of art. What if we painted our paintings that way? I know. I know. What if we? What if the great paintings were painted in a way that everybody could have painted them? Right. Or uh, what if the great architecture was yeah. built in a way so that anybody could have designed it? Yeah. I mean, where, where, so. Poems, yeah, you yeah exactly. Well, that, on that's, on that's, that's the issue, the struggle we will always face when commerce meets music yeah. and creativity and artistry. Because our commerce is attached to what happens to be popular at the time. Everybody loves the color green, so every painting is going to involve color green yeah. because yeah. we're monetizing that. And yeah. that's the challenge. We want to make sure that we're not monetizing music as we're making it and letting that affect us. Honestly, when I write a song, I really don't care if it's going to make money or not. At some point, I do care. I make a living. I mean, you do have a mortgage. Yeah, I have a mortgage. But the realities are, I need to lose... The best way I can put it is Someone let me see behind the veil the financial aspects of the Christian music industry. There are days I wish I could never have seen. I yeah. never saw that. Yeah. I yeah. need to forget it. You as can't a creator. unsee it. You though. can't unsee it. Yeah. But I, hear me well. I I love the worship music movement. I've seen what it's done yeah. in churches. It's brought a lot. It is it incredible. Has. But we do have a thing. You talked. Use the word sameness. 
sameness has been created because imagine many years ago that I'll, I'll pick uh, I'll pick Avalon. Let's use Avalon. Yeah. Many years ago, Test of Vital Love, mm-hmm. and Avalon uh, with it was with a record company, and so the, they finished recording that. Let's put that in the model of today. Today, we need to go ahead and record the tracks, the stems, mm-hmm. for Testify to Love. And we will distribute that to every single church. So yep. when they play Testify to Love, yeah. it will sound, it will just... sound exactly <laughs> yeah. the same. And That's so what right. happens, How when sameness is there, it's caused by our own sense of uh, money-making. And, hey, we yep. make money off the stems, we sell them, and, and we've gotten ourselves into a trap. We have lost globally in the world of Christian, in, in the evangelical church, yeah. the uniqueness of... Well, well so, so we keep unpacking this idea, and there are, several, there are several nuances to this subject, and that is one of the other effects we've experienced is when we make the songs about their accessibility, the other, uh, um, I think, overreach is when the artist brings artist expressive um, creativity to the worship environment. And now there are times that this movement has also brought us songs to the church that the church themselves cannot sing. Right. right. That's so right. so that's right. The, that's right. the equally problematic idea is on one side you've got the songwriter that says, I need to write something that everybody can sing. Right. And on the other side, it, you've got a congregation that says, I need to sing everything, but I can't. Right. And and we lose on both ends of right. that. Right. So, right. so I think about when Bach was writing his uh, amazing chorales, he wasn't trying to make them accessible. He was trying to make them magnificent. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And, and so and so maybe what we're calling for is we're backing through this. We love what is happening, but can we just call out that maybe our churches need to be thinking about what are the artistic expressions that are more presentational to inspire aesthetically in a worship environment? Yeah. Not for everybody to sing, perhaps, but for yeah. everyone to be... Well, more presentational and more testimonial. And testimonial. We've talked so much about how we've lost the testimony, and that's the thing that's unique, yeah. and that's the thing that can speak to people in a unique way. We talk a lot about the attributes of God, and we should, but we also should tell our story. So, Don, yeah, I'll get your sure. comment on this. This is something that I, a presentation I present from time to time in different circles circles 30 years ago for a song to be sung in a church that made its way through the industry it would start in a songwriter's heart it would get to an a and r guy's list as he's building out potential working with an artist built you know figuring out what they're going to put on the record they might listen to 300 songs and pick 15 and might record 14 of the 15 and then release 10 of the 14 and every step of that process, this, uh, these songs are getting passed list to list to list. Finally, the record label hears the project and picks that one mm-hmm. to single. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the radio people pick, have all these songs yeah. to pick from. They have to pick the very best. And then eventually, 30 years ago, that song would have gone through that whole process and wound up on the platform of a church. Right. How awesome did it have to be yeah. to get from... The A and R's oh, list yeah, all right. the way to the church. Right. Now, right. 
the song is written in the minister of music's office and he walks 50 yards yeah. to the platform yeah. and sings it. Right. right. It well, doesn't have to be that great no. <laughs> to yeah, get there. That's right. the and dis- so the disappearance so, of gatekeepers is what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Through Thank any, you for any, simplifying. Well, it. any, yeah. any yeah. that's true. Well, true. any any hit song I've always said has more than 20 people who did their job exceptionally. Yeah. And the end result is a monster song that changes yeah. the world. And I've watched it happen uh, on occasion. Uh, I get to be a part of a song like yeah. that. And Christ Alone was certainly that for me. Yeah. To watch how that happened. Yeah. And just looking at that going, oh, my gosh, everybody, you know, everybody loves to credit the songwriter. Here's here's yeah. a Dove Award. Thanks yeah. for your contribution. But there's a radio guy. There's an yeah. A&R guy. There's all these filters, yep. all these gatekeepers that their job is to make sure that what ends up on radio and what ends up to the public is the very best. Yeah. Now we have lost those those gatekeepers. Yeah. Now you get the pleasure of going online and searching through what? So much music oh, that oh, nobody, man. no gatekeeper is controlled. Yeah. And you're realizing, oh, wow, this access is great. However, I mean, freedom is great to be able to post those songs, but oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. So it does change the dynamic of everything. Um, and it does lead to a place at times where there's too much music for us to digest yeah and, that's right you know we and we're gonna have to listen to a whole lot of the same thing absolutely but so so now we're back brian as we bring this episode and i'd like yeah. to keep don around and maybe yeah. get talk about more to no, talk chase about. another rabbit or two with him but but now we're back around to something like red street records yeah because what what red street can do is become a gatekeeper that's right to say hey we're going to be out here looking and creating and finding the very best talent the very best songs we're going to get we're going to put some things in place here so that you can bring to the church yeah. a, 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 a something that's at another level than maybe the church the individual could find on their own if they were looking through all the piles and piles and piles of what people are are putting on the internet uh and so I'm grateful for Jay, for his vision. Yeah, I've gotten to yeah. know him and just appreciate yeah. him so much. I, this past year at Worship Life, uh, uh, Red Street did a night for us at our Worship Life they conference did. at Gatlinburg. And uh, there was some magic in that yeah. room, man. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I saw that night. I think, you know, Jay, I'd heard Jay talk about his vision for this. I've heard you talk about it, too. I saw it that night. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. saw it yeah. going, oh, okay, this is what he's doing. Yeah. He's yeah. He is using the influence. And 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 the professional nature of his previous success, and bringing somebody like Don, connecting with Don on something like that, with all of Don's capabilities, and he's bringing a different thing here back to the church that is significant. And and I, when I began to see the impact of that that yeah. night, uh, I I began to see again. Okay, I see I see what Red Street's all Indeed. about. Yeah. And uh, we're excited about Christmas chapels. You guys coming? Yeah. And uh, are you going to pass out candy canes? <laughs> well, well, we might. We might. Yeah, yeah, Red Street again. Records colors are white and red. Yeah, they so are. So you know, there you go. Red yeah. Street candy yeah, canes. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What an exciting conversation. We want to hear from you. Email us worship at lifeway.com. We'd like to know your 
thoughts on, on the song the church is singing today, the song you're hearing on Christian radio, and how it impacts you in your ministry as a worship leader. As always, let us know how we can pray for you. We want to do that specifically as a team here at Life of Worship. So email us there. You can also engage in conversation at worshiplife.com. That's where you can read all of Mike's blogs and, and blogs from other industry leaders and other worship leaders around the country. And you can engage with each other in discussions about worship. And as always, you can join us on social media, whether that be Facebook or Twitter or whatever your favorite format is. Wherever people are getting together to talk about worship and music ministry, we want to engage with you there. So for Mike Harland and today for Don Cook, this is Brian Brown saying thanks for joining us on the Worship Life podcast with Mike Harland. We'll be back together to talk about worship and music and ministry very soon. Thank you.